0: I'm Shamir. No, wait, that ain't it. He really is Drew. I'm Lumberg. He's Milton. She's Bob. No, that ain't it either. This is Vikings reported. It's almost draft day. Drewster, how are you doing?
1: Office space. I know you've been getting pretty depressed about your job and everything, and so I just wanted to tell you good things can happen in this world. I mean, look at me. <laughs> 61, Ted Glover. We're five days away from going live. I'm doing great.
0: How are you doing tonight, Ted? If I was any better, I'd be against the law, my man. That's how Uh, good I'm doing. Meow meow. Uh, Ruby, how are you doing?
2: You know, I've been trying to express myself, but I'm in need of some more (laughs) flair. We need to talk about your flair.
0: Really? I I have 15 pieces on. Yeah, we we need to talk to you about your flair. Now you could just do the minimum. But I'll tell you what, people don't come to Vikings Report for the minimum. They come to Vikings Report. You can watch anything about the Vikings on another show. They come to Vikings Report for attitude and fun.
3: People can get a cheeseburger anywhere, okay? They come to Chotchkeys for the atmosphere and the attitude.
0: So why don't we work on that flair? It was in the TPS report. You should have seen that last did, week. Did you get the memo, or did you need to get the memo? you need another memo? <laughs> All right, so we're at episode 61, and if you've noticed... We have left him out far too long. He is a writer of college football for NBC Sports Edge. He writes for the Vikings on Vikings Wire, part of the USA Today Network. He hosts the Tyler Fornes show on the Climbing the Pocket Network on Monday. He is the at Real Forno
3: on Twitter, Tyler Fornes. Tyler, thank you for joining us for this entire episode. How are you? Hey, you know what? It feels really good to be here, but I got to ask you, what is it exactly that you would say you do here? Well, look, I already told you.
0: I deal with the goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. <laughs> like, what what, what do you do here? So I take the
1: information and I give it to the fans. See, because the fans, I, I'm an information guy. Tyler, <laughs> basically, I just sit down and stare at my computer for an hour and do nothing. And then I do it a little bit more after lunch. Basically, I work 15 minutes while I'm here.
0: Now, before we get going, Tyler, I emailed Mel Kuyper and I wanted him to give me a uh, scouting report for you. So I got I got an official Tyler Fornest scouting report from Mel Kuyper. Who in the hell is Mel Kuyper in a way? Oh. He's got oily wrists. He can write our host in a phone booth. He's got very smooth transition from writing to video. He's a day one pick, hands down. And his hair and his beard make the ladies twitch. That was
3: from <laughs> Mel. He wanted to make sure you knew all that. But anyway. <laughs> what the hell am I doing here, man?
1: Who am I? Why am I here?
3: <laughs>
0: we don't know what we're doing either. We're like 61 episodes into
1: it. Dude, we we, this is a classic episode. We got pornographic with us tonight. We're going to rock. <laughs> Let's go. You know what, Ted? Go. I got one thing to say. What's that? Ted? Fornist? I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Tyler, hit it! I don't remember the line. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I got it, I got it. Resume the countdown. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you people? they I... her <laughs> off and run that was so
0: smooth. Oh, this is like a government run operation. Oh. It's going so smooth. We are like four days from the draft. One of the reasons we had, we've got Tyler on is because we want to get his kind of last minute draft thoughts, but we got some Vikings news. And then we're going to go right into the defensive backs. We've got the last two position groups this week. We got cornerbacks and safeties. We got the roster guys. We got a couple free agent guys. We've got Drew's big board. And Tyler and Drew are going to just kind of discuss the guys on Drew's big board. Then we've got a special treat. We are going to do a round-robin mock draft. So, Ruby, Tyler, Drew, and I are going to do a round-robin mock draft up to the 12th spot because at 13, nobody cares. Nobody cares! Nobody Nobody cares! cares. So, we're going to stop at 12. We're all going to pick a Vikings player. We're going to discuss who they should pick and why. And then we got some draft trivia with tyler and drew it's going to be a lot of fun
1: oh boy and after this show tyler's got a show that i'm going to be tuning in i won't be on it but i'm going to tune in because i don't miss any of tyler's show very informative it helps my brain ted and my head and my brain it helps all (laughs) that stuff now wait for him to give me that warren moon jersey i don't want the viking one i want the love you blue that's the one i want see that one ted that's a beautiful jersey
3: those were great jerseys that that was like one of the best uniforms the nfl back in the day The best uniform that's ever existed in the National Football League. Okay. Yeah, we could have (laughs) yeah, that's right up there. All right, we're we're uh we're choosing violence already,
1: I see. Okay. I choose violence. What do we got for Viking news that Tyler's gonna help us out with before we get to this draft stuff? Really not a whole lot of news,
0: but with the draft four days away, Tyler, what are your thoughts so far on how the Vikings offseason has gone? Do you like it? Are you not a fan of the run it back. Or are you going to give them a chance?
3: What, what are you just thinking how the new Vikings regime has done this offseason? Well, I'll say this. I'm not a fan of the run it back, but I'm also going to give it a chance because they're putting all their eggs in this basket that Kevin O'Connell and Quacey Doflamets are literally just going to be able to fix everything. It's just like some kind of magic potion. But at the end of the day, you're also expecting in that scenario for everything good that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman brought to the table is going to stay and all the problems are going to fit, be fixed. And that's just not likely. It's not plausible. You're going to have some regression in those positive areas that you had, but you're also going to have some progression in the other areas that we weren't so good at. How much progression versus regression is going to happen, I genuinely don't know. We're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach. But this draft is really going to tell us a lot about how they view some of these players because we're viewing this draft uh, at a national level by how Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer acted for the last eight years. The end of the day, those guys are gone. It's Kevin O'Connell and Quasey Do We don't know how they feel about guys like KJ Osborne, Wyatt Davis, Kellen Mond, Chaz Surratt. There's so many question marks about the guys that were drafted early that were meant to be like projections and guys that you wanted to develop, but we don't know how they feel about those guys. And because they have no attachment to them, they could be cut and traded at any instant. So I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. I still think at the end of the day, this is a nine and eight football team because I just don't think. For as talented as he is and the numbers he puts up, Kirk Cousins does not have that gusto, that gumption in the pocket to make that big boy throw to Justin Jefferson down the seam when he could throw to CJ Hand three yards down the field.
0: I believe you get your ass kicked saying so much, man.
3: That's a fair observation. Drew, what what do you think? You on board with Tyler here? I mean,
0: we've talked about this a little bit, but what do you think? What are your thoughts?
1: You know, I don't want to be part of the everything sucks all the time nation, where everything sucks all the time. I don't want to go that that far, but I'm certainly not naive to watching football after 53 years to kind of know what you stand before you get into something. More than likely, it's going to go with how, what uh, Tyler just predicted, 8-9, like 9-8, nine, nine or whatever. But I think they're kind of hoping they can catch lightning in a bottle in some of these close victories last year. They could turn around in their favor, get into the tournament at the end of the year, and then hopefully catch some fire then. I'm not putting any of my money on making a Super Bowl run, but I like the fact that they're just not they didn't just blow it up and have nothing going on for this season. They're you know I'm, I'm kind of liking what the, the idea they have for maybe putting all this off till next year and staying and try to at least compete for something but I've already said that they're gonna win the division. So that might be a little might overextended myself there.
0: I'm not a huge fan of the of the run it back crowd or the run it back theory either. But the way they're redoing these deals or restructuring them at least it seems to me Tyler correct me if I'm wrong that I think the Vikings are at least looking more than right now this year down the road in terms of contracts and freeing up cap space and all that. So it, it seems like they're balancing trying to be competitive this year while, while still understanding that they still have to remain competitive in two, three, four years down the road with the, with the salary cap. Whereas Rick Spielman, the last few years, I thought he was just chasing his tail and just signing guys, trying to keep that team in, in their Super Bowl window, if you will.
3: And I think you hit the nail on the head, Ted. The Vikings had a delusion that they were still in a Super Bowl window when in reality that ended after 2019.
2: Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, no comparison.
3: Yeah, yeah. And there was just too many pieces that were lost to really uh, justify them being in a window. I would have preferred the blow it up strategy, but I also don't think you needed to completely blow it up. I think you still had you have a lot of core pieces here. Uh, I thought you could have done a one-year rebuild. You have Justin Jefferson. You have your bookend tackles. You have a developmental guy in Cameron Dantzler a Corner. You have Daniel Hunter. You look at your premium positions, you're sitting pretty good. You get a quarterback in there and you start to put some pieces around everywhere and you're sitting in a really, really good spot. Now you're betting on Kirk Cousins that he can take a leap at the age of 34. I'm not going to ever bet a guy taking a leap at, at uh, an age in his 30s or later unless his name is Tom Brady. Or Huey Lewis. That's more on the news than Huey Lewis. and You and I both know that. <laughs> do, you know who, do you know who Huey Lewis is? <laughs> Yes. Yes.
1: I want to love you all over.
3: Yes, yes. I I, I believe you have my stapler. I'm worried about them putting all the eggs in the Kirk Cousins basket, but we're going to roll with it. We're going to see what happens. I'm very intrigued to see how uh, Kevin O'Connell constructs this offense. Is he going to do a lot more uh, 11 personnel? How is Urs Smith Jr. going to be used in that element because he is not an inline blocker? which is something that's pretty mandatory in that 11 personnel scheme. Is it going to be more inside zone or is it going to be outside zone still? Like there's so many nuances that we genuinely don't know. We can project, but we aren't, we aren't a hundred percent sure. I've been beating the drum for a draft a wide receiver at 12 for the past, I don't know, like six, eight weeks, because it makes sense long-term and it makes sense for now. I just want a premium player at a premium position, potentially a trade down and get capital for next year. So
1: you're not against the trade back thing then. Because most of the shows I watch, you you want to take take the wide receiver at twelve and then move on. You're okay with trading down to twenty, twenty two, or something?
3: I'm willing to do it absolutely if the board falls right and the trade is good. I have no issues with it. I've done plenty of mocks for the Vikings Wire where I explore different situations. How many freaking mocks have you done, dude? I've done seven different mock drafts for the Vikings Wire, just seven rounders like for the Vikings. I have one that dropped this past Wednesday on NBC Sports Edge when everybody listens to this. <laughs>
2: let that's
3: good and i do one every monday night on my show all right, so let's, let's talk about Kwasi Adolfo Menz. We were looking at things
0: through the Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer lens through the last seven years, whatever it was. Before he came to the Vikings, Adolfo Menz, was the vice president of football ops at Cleveland 2021. He did not make the final picks, but he was involved in two drafts. The Browns had 14 picks total, seven offensive players, seven defensive players. Is there anything to take away from those two years where Kwasi was in the room that you think you might be able to predict as to what the Vikings will do on
3: Thursday? I'm going to be honest, there's not going to be a whole lot you can really extrapolate from those situations. Sure. What I think you can extrapolate is, one, he's going to maximize the market however it falls to him. Whatever the market looks like, he's going to take advantage, whether that be uh, Kyle Hamilton or Kayvon Thibodeau falling or somebody is willing to pay a premium tax to jump up and get somebody.
0: Real quick, now, if, if a guy like Thibodeau or Hamilton were to fall, like, say,
3: 7-8 range, would you be cool with a trade up to get a guy like that? It depends what the cost is, but yeah. Guys like Hamilton and Thibodeau, they're true what I consider blue-chip prospects. People are going to be soured by Thibodeau because of the, hey, interest outside of football. Who cares? The man's trying to capitalize on his fame so he can set his family up financially for decades. Good for him. Kyle Hamilton plays safety. Whoop-de-doo. The guy's a unicorn. He's 6'4", 220, and he can play literally any position you want him to at a high level on on rainbows. I'm fine with the move up for either of those guys. And I'll say this, I would not trade up for Sauce Gardner. The difference between him and a Kyer Elam, Andrew Booth, a and Trent McDuffie, it is not big enough to warrant a trade up. I do think that Thibodeau has separated himself enough from this edge class and Hamilton is just an, a true anomaly that I think they are worth the trade up.
1: Tyler's bringing it tonight. Bringing the heat. Bringing the fire. Bring (laughs) the
0: fire. Don't leave your bat on the shoulder coming to the batter's box against Tyler Fornis, ladies and gentlemen. Especially,
1: he knows he's on Vikings Report where you can just let it loose. You don't have to follow any rules on this show. There are
0: no rules. Go. Let me ask both of you guys this. I want to start with you. Okay, I get two-part question. What will the Vikings strategy be? What What do you think the Vikings will do? Or what do you think they should do?
1: I think they have their eyes set on corner. Really wouldn't shock me if they went interior to Jordan Davis, who I think is going to be there. And now I'm starting to believe, after listening to the great Tyler Forniss the last month or so, and then listening to you on Vikings Report, Ted, I'm kind of warming up to the wide receiver move. And I was really against that a month and a half ago. So I think okay. the Vikings, my Vikings might be warming up to taking one of those I mean, we all want to get Olave here. We don't want to have him in Green Bay.
0: Do you think they should do that?
1: I have this list right here we made before the show as I try to prep for this show. I try to prepare myself for Vikings Report, not just go all willy-nilly like Milton from really? Office Space. Really? Nope. Is that what you do? Milton you with a stapler? I brought a
3: stapler. Yeah, yes. I, yes I, I, I believe you have my stapler. Hey, <laughs> Hit it! There you go! What did he say? I will burn this place to the ground. I will, I will burn this place down. Still haven't received my paycheck and he took my stapler and he never brought it back and then they moved my desk
1: <laughs> look at this cornerback group tyler it's it's sad look at that group guys chris boyd dantzler yeah nate, nate harrison harrison hand aloha mr hand Perry nickerson are you kidding <laughs> so you think they should go for corner then patrick peterson's a great player but he's not what he used to be look at the cornerback group Look yeah. at the eight guys on the roster, and you tell me that 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 that's not thin. Practically speaking, I think they need a corner. If they take a corner, I'm not going to have a problem with it.
0: Tyler, what will the Vikings do, and what should they do?
3: I think what they're going to do is maximize the market and maximize the board, however it falls. I think pigeonholing them into cornerback is going to be a mistake on many levels because you could be passing on a player that's just outright better.
1: Wait, I never got. I want to trade back. That's my first choice.
3: How far
0: down are you willing to go in the first round then?
1: That's what she said. <laughs> 10, 12, 15 picks, anywhere Ooh. in there. Okay. I think we can get a fat return. If, if Malik Willis falls to the Vikings, they got to use him for leverage. And I know, you okay. know people want to sign him. People want to sign him and get him in here. But if Willis falls to us, we're sitting fat and getting some assets.
3: I, I'll say this, if Willis falls to us and we don't take him, I will die.
1: So I was sitting in my cubicle today and I realized ever since I started working, um, Every single day of my life has been worse than the
0: day before it. Are, are you going to be on like live broadcast on, on that on Thursday night? Because that's going to be quite an audience if you literally keel over and die.
3: When I saw that fat man keel over and die, that is not right, Michael. Listen, I've, I've almost died once. I can do it again. <laughs> so you are you really that much on board the Malik Willis train at 12? Well. There is nobody in NFL history that has the skill set that Malik Willis does except for Michael Vick. And there is a path to building up Malik Willis, and that is the path of Josh Allen. I wrote a piece for the Vikings Wire. That's my pinned tweet right now. Please go and read that, and you'll understand why. Everything about those guys, it was eerily similar. Uh, Allen started
1: playing right away, though, didn't he? Willis isn't going to play right
3: away. Uh, he could play right away, but I don't know if Oh, you're Tyler, sure. no. He's not going to Tyler. Tyler. Todd Todd, the,
1: Todd,
3: Todd, 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 that's Todd, Todd, the, Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> you have to have conviction in what you're doing. And my conviction is that Malik Willis is something you give up everything for.
0: So you would take Malik Will if, if he's sitting there at 12 and you don't get a really like a
3: godfather type offer you can't refuse? You sprint the card up with the Secret Service surrounding you so nobody attacks you from behind.
1: <laughs> Give us a couple more names that you sprint up there with the Secret All right.
3: Service. Um, I've already talked about Kayvon Thibodeau and Kyle Hamilton. If I have to stay at 12 and depending on how the board falls, I'm taking Chris Olave. Yeah. Yes!
2: Yeah, yes! Yeah, yes! Yeah.
3: And I've talked about this a lot on my show. I've talked about this a lot on Twitter. Olave, to me, is the best wide receiver in this draft. He eerily reminds me of Justin Jefferson. It is not a one-to-one identical comparison, but the explosion he has with his route running at the top of the stem, the release, he knows how to track the football better than just about everybody in this class. And I think the sky's the limit for him. He can be a potential wide receiver one. At the very worst, he's got an incredible high floor, and he's going to be able to win as a route runner in the National Football League and be a great, Compliment to Justin Jefferson.
0: I've been on the Olave train since we broke our wide receivers down.
1: Shocker, Ted. Shocker.
0: I kind of go back to last year's draft. The thing that made me go all in on wide receiver, and if it's not Olave, if Garrett Wilson is there, if Jamison Williams is there, I'd still go wide receiver at 12 because I look at the, the draft from last year. The Bengals had the option to get Jamar Chase, or Panay Sewell. Most of the experts said the Bengals' O-line is terrible and they should get Panay Sewell. Sure. It went and they got Jamar Chase and that transformed that football team. They would have been better last year, but they would not have gone to the Super Bowl without Jamar Chase. They just, they wouldn't have. Look at it through that lens. I think a wide receiver has more of an immediate impact, like Tyler said, than an offensive lineman or a nose tackle or a corner or any other position outside of quarterback that you could pick. Maybe running back, but I wouldn't pick a running back at 12.
1: Let me ask you, and Tyler, this. With those three guys, Steelen, Olave, and Justin Jefferson, we know what he can do. And then Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Tyler, how do you get enough footballs to everybody?
3: Well, you know what? Dalvin Cook's the kind of guy who walks into a golden corral, picks up a tongs, and injures his hand, is out for six weeks.
1: Oh, oh. oh. Canada.
3: That's not good. <laughs> I love Dalvin, but the guy has a tendency to get injured. He's never played a full season. He always misses at least two to three games.
1: All right, as we're going to get into these corners and safeties tonight, that's why we have Tyler here, because he's the most really big, big positional group for the Vikings. Remember, there's what we're looking at right
3: now. If you pigeonhole yourself to cornerback, you are doing yourself and the fan base and the team a disservice. I don't care what the room looks like. I don't care. You have to address it. But you can't force it at 12. You cannot force it.
1: I was at a music seminar in 1987 and met Gene Simmons. From (laughs) that day, listen, from that day forward, I haven't pigeonholed anything.
3: Drew, hold on. Aren't you married? Yes. Then you pigeonholed yourself. So, lawyer, done. Let's move on.
2: Checkmate.
1: She is certainly a better part of the drifter. let me tell
0: you. <laughs> All right. Speaking of defensive backs, let's move on. We got two position groups we've got to cover tonight, cornerbacks and safeties. We're going to talk about corners first. We've already mentioned that the guys on the roster, it's not pretty. Chris Boyd, Cam Dantzler, Nate Harrison, Harrison Hand, Perry Nickerson, Patrick Peterson, Ty Smith, and Chandon Sullivan. Harrison Sullivan and technically Peterson, they brought up and they signed as free agents. Are you happy with what the Vikings did in
3: free agency with Harrison Sullivan and then re-signing Patrick Peterson, Tyler? Relatively, I'm fine with it. Uh, They got guys who know the scheme and they got guys who can be really solid depth, but they do need to still add another guy with potential to be a starting cornerback in the National Football League. My big thing is, I don't think you have to pigeonhole it and have to do it in the first (laughs) round. You need to do it on day one or day two. I'll find a pigeonhole anyway.
2: (laughs) Okay, the basic literal meaning of a pigeonhole is a small compartment for a pigeon to live in.
0: So let's put the big board up up on the screen, Drew. You've got top four, four guys you've got all projected first round. Derek Stingley Jr., Sauce Gardner, Trent McDuffie from Washington, and Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. And then you got Kair Elam, Roger McCreary, Kyler Gordon, and Tariq Woolens as second-round guys. Tyler, you you like the way he's got his board drawn
3: up? I don't really have many issues with it. I don't think Derek Singley Jr. is the best corner in this class. I think that's Sauce Gardner, and I think the proof is in the tape. Sauce Gardner had over 1,000 coverage snaps in college and didn't allow a single touchdown. Kyler Gordon had over... A 1,000 career total snaps and didn't allow a touchdown. I think it was like 722 coverage snaps, but he played mostly in a reserve role until this past year when he started opposite Trent McDuffie. I am higher on Elam than you. I had him as my cornerback three. I think he's just t- tremendous in press coverage. Eerily reminiscent of Xavier Rhodes. He's gotta learn how to not be so physically. He had seven penalties this past year for honestly a dumpster fire Florida team that Dan Mullen just decided to uh, give his recruiting phone to um, a woman, coaches found out about this. They're like, hey, FaceTime me real quick. And then he would lose recruits because he didn't have the phone. New phone, who it is? What a
1: mm. You know, one guy I wanted to mention on here, one of the early guys who I really liked on tape because you could play him. seems like you could play him anywhere is Andrew Booth from Clemson. What are
3: your mm-hmm. thoughts on him? He's got all the size, athleticism, and length that you want in a starting corner. He can play in press. He can play off coverage. He can, I think he's honestly a little underrated by the consensus right now because the consensus has him as like a late first round guy. I think he's a guy that should be selected in the teens. I love Booth. I think he's a fantastic football player. McDuffie's the one to me that's interesting because he's 5'11", 195, and he's got 29 and three quarter inch arms. That has shown to be a historical deterrent. But the way McDuffie plays, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Think of Jair Alexander. That's how this kid plays football. He knows how to stay with receivers, mirror them.
1: But you got to take him at 12 if you want him, right? He's not going to be there at 46.
3: He's going to be there at 46, but he could be there with the trade back. These corners, I really don't know how the NFL is going to value them. I think Sauce and Stingley Jr. are both off the board by the time the Vikings pick. I do not know where the rest of the value comes in with this class. Kyler Gordon could go before Elam and Booth. The NFL loves Kyler Gordon. Tariq Wolin from UTSA, 6'4", 210, with 33-and-a-half-inch arms. The guy is an absolute alien. He's only played two years at the position. But the positive flashes that you see, they're reminiscent of Darrell Revis, And then the bad is reminiscent of Waswas Sarwanga. Oh my God. <laughs> he is right now incredibly boomer bust from that aspect because he only has two years into the position. So if you can get give him a couple years, this guy has an opportunity to be the best cornerback in football. But because he's not that far along right now, it is a risk. And that's why he probably won't go in the first round. But if a team loves him, I wouldn't be surprised. Tyler's got Sauce Gardner, his number one guy. You got Stingley.
0: Why do you have Stingley top? Are you not concerned about that injury he had? I mean, it seemed to be not a big deal at his pro day.
1: I saw Stingley at the pro day. I'm not worried about a foot problem. I mean, he walked into the SEC and got six picks right away I have him in a one and one a I think Gardner has doesn't has a lot of things that he does maybe better than Stingley but I, I don't know I just gave Stingley the slight nod it was the injury thing with the Liz Frank which separated him I don't see, see it being a problem with Stingley and I, I think he's going to be a great corner in this league
0: okay question for both of you guys then so you're on the clock at 12 and both Stingley and Sauce Gardner are on the board and you have to pick one of those two you're Sauce. picking Stingley yes T- and you're picking
3: Sauce Tyler easy Okay. I don't even have a second thought because if the Liz Frank is 100%, let's use that hypothetical right now. Okay. Explain to me before the Liz Frank injury why his tape was a massive regression from 2019.
1: Now you're pigeonholing.
3: Oh, no, he didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me take it one step further. There's something somebody asked me if I could ask Tyler this. Last year, JC Horn from South Carolina and Patrick Sertan were kind of the two top guys. How would you rate Stingley and Gardner compared to those two guys from last year's draft? Go ahead and make a top four out of those four players.
3: Well, I'm going to make it a top five because Caleb Farley was my number one corner last year from Virginia Tech. Okay, make it a top five. So if I had to rank these guys, I'd still go Farley one, Sauce two, Sertan three, Horn four, and Stingley five. And here's the tough part about ranking Stingley low. The ceiling is probably better than all of them. But there's so many question marks. And he's going to be three years removed from that season when he starts play in, as a rookie in 2022. So now let's say Vikings do something else besides corner
0: in the first round and they're looking second or third round. Who's a guy on that uh, kind of farther down the list from like, say, let's say maybe Tariq Woolen or, or Kyler Gordon on down that, that you think would be a good pick, good value pick, Tyler, in the second or even the third round? Or if there's a guy not on this list, if there's someone you really like.
3: I take a look at this, and there are two guys that I don't want to target. Kyler Gordon, his versatility to play inside and outside. He is a little raw from the technical standpoint. He's got everything else. And I, I can teach technique. I can't teach ridiculousness. I can teach that.
0: That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom.
3: Yes, yes, it's horrible, this idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm sure your wife would corroborate too. So, (laughs) when I take a look at all this, I love Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's a weird one. He played in 63 games as a collegiate athlete, and he has 37 passes defended over 3,300 career snaps. He played 13 games as a true freshman, and he took advantage of the COVID-19 year. He won the Jim Thorpe Award, and he got targeted a lot. You know why he got targeted a lot? The guy opposite him was Sauce Gardner, who was incredibly locked down. So you had to throw at somebody. That's why a lot of his numbers are a little spiked, that he allowed a lot of catches and a lot of yards because they couldn't really throw at anybody else. But he also had a lot of on-ball production, and I really like that. Ten interceptions, 37 passes defended, and I don't think he has a lot of high upside, but he's going to be a solid cornerback, too, that lingers in the league for a decade. Is he better than Harrison Hand? I'm better than Harrison Hand. <laughs> well, if
0: you're a corner and I'm a corner, isn't it our cornerback <laughs> room, Mr. Hand? I've been thinking about this, Mr. Hand. If I'm here and
2: you're here, doesn't that make it our time?
0: All right, that'll do it for corners. We're going to move on to safeties, the other position group. If you look at the roster, it's in a little bit better shape than the Vikings cornerback room right now. you got Josh Metellus, Cam Bynum, Miles Dorn, and the great Harrison Smith. They lost Xavier Woods, who I thought had a pretty good year for the Vikings. He turned that one-year deal into a three-year deal with Carolina. Three-year deal with Carolina.
1: He's a bum.
0: Again, with with only four days left until the draft, I don't think there's any free agents they're going to sign. We'll put your big board up there, Drew. You got Kyle Hamilton up there at number one. Daxton Hill, Jaquan Brisker, Lewis Seen. Like Sean Connery from The Untouchables.
1: We can't keep playing if you don't let go of the pickle. That's what your mother said last night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then Jalen Petrie from Baylor. Now, you know, we talked Sauce Gardner and Stanley. Those are guys that have been mocked to the Vikings. Kyle Hamilton is a dude that has been linked to the Vikings. Tyler, do you think Kyle Hamilton is going to be there at 12 if that is even an
3: option for the Vikes at this point? I don't know if he's going to be there at 12, but I do really like Kyle Hamilton. Like His athletic comparison is Harrison Smith. Now, Tyler, you were kind of mad about taking corner at 12. Would you take Kyle Hamilton over
0: corner? And if so, why would you do that?
3: In a heartbeat. I think in this scheme, the safeties are asked to do a lot more than corners. You okay. want your corners to be good, but they don't have to be great. You have two great safeties back there that can do a little bit of everything that can really confuse people. Like just look at what Harrison Smith was able to do in Mike Zimmer's defense. Kyle Hamilton to me would be an easy selection in number 12. Even if you don't get Hamilton, you take a look at this board and there's a lot of really good safeties, really, really good football players in this class. And there are guys later on that you can get for really good value. So safety is becoming more important and it's better that you have great ones than not. Let's look at a third or fourth round guy that you think
0: the Vikings might target. Drew, who do, you, who do you like that's in that mid-range guy that, that you think would be a good fit for the Vikings?
1: Nick Cross from Maryland. He's not ready right away. I think he needs a lot of work at the next level, but I think that guy's going to be a star in the next level. Nick Cross.
3: I do like Nick Cross. A little bit later on, uh, I like Sterling Weatherford. CBS Sports' Chris trepasso kind of uh, called him Discount Kyle Hamilton, and he's got a little bit of a point. <laughs> he doesn't have the same vision. He doesn't quite have the same athletic profile but he's got the size and he understands how to play the safety position. He thrived in both linebacker and safety drills at the senior bowl. The tape is really good. I think that he could be a really nice addition on day three and give you some of the same things Kyle Hamilton does at a little bit of a discount rate. Tyler,
1: tell about this reed blankenship because i started doing research on him and i saw 106 tackles 10 tackles for loss seems like they blitz him in the box all the time the middle tennessee player reed blankenship is he any good
3: he is good um there's some mixed reviews on him throughout the draft community some of the guys at blue chip scouting that i work with on a regular basis really like him i've seen some national guys say he's not really good i think that he could be a nice fit for the vikings kind of with some of the things you talked about um, the ability to blitz in the box but at, does he possess the right athleticism in order to really thrive in the national football league i don't know that answer but then again earl thomas had a relative athletic score of like 5.09 and he was like a perennial all pro sure so it doesn't necessarily mean everything i'd be willing to take a shot on him in round
0: five this rolls right into our little mock draft segment tyler what we're going to do is we're going to do a mock draft we're going to do a round robin we're going to go ruby then you then me, and then Drew, and we're going to go up to the Vikings spot at number 12. We're not going to do any trades. We're just going to do straight one through 12, and then we're all going to pick a Vikings guy, and we're all going to get to talk about it.
3: I love kung fu.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I had my own mock draft, you know what I'd do? Two draft picks at the same time. That's what I'd do.
3: Hey, Peter, check out Channel 9. It's a breast exam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I got the Pro Football Network mock draft board up. I'm controlling all teams. What we're going to do is we're going to go Ruby, then Tyler, then me, and then Drew uh, until we get to pick 12. And we're just going to go right down the line. So, Ruby, you're up with the first pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you think they're going to pick? Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson. All right. Tyler, you're up for for Detroit. Who who do you think they're going to pick? Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. Malik Willis, that'd be a good pick for them. Bold pick, but a good pick. Third pick, Houston Texans. I think they're going to pick Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm going to go with Thibodeau at number three. Drew, who who do you got for the Jets at four?
1: I have the Jets taking Thibodeau.
0: Oh, I got to
1: rethink this real quick. I'm going to have the Jets take Kyle Hamilton.
0: Kyle Hamilton is off the board. Ruby, you're up with the Giants at five. Who do you like? Evan Neal. Tyler, with
3: the Panthers at six, who are you going to pick? I would not make this pick, but I think they're going to. Kenny Pickett from Carolina.
1: Exactly.
0: Oh, oh, oh,
3: oh, really? I would not touch Kenny Pickett before round three.
0: So the, the Giants picked Evan Neal at five. I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner at seven. They're going to go offense, defense. I'm going to pick Sauce Gardner. And then Drew, you've got the Falcons at eight.
1: I'm going to say Garrett Wilson. They want to wide out, I think.
0: All right, Ruby at nine. Who do you got? Trayvon Walker.
3: Trayvon Walker. Tyler, you're up with the Jets at 10. I think they would have taken him at four before Hamilton. I'm going Akemiquanu, the offensive lineman from North Carolina State. All righty. That's a hell of a value right there, isn't it? I have him as number one, yes. If he lasted till 10, Joe Douglas would be throwing a party, office
0: party. <laughs> be showing everybody his O face. Oh, well, I might be showing her my O face. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> All right,
0: at eleven, I think Stingley. I think they're going to pick Stingley, and that brings the Vikings on the board. Drew Bunting. This is the board right now. Jordan Davis for Pro Football Network is the top ranked guy left on the board.
1: I am going to take nicobe Dean. The Vikings would take Davis here, but I'd like to get nicobe Dean on my team.
3: Tyler, I will say it is a tough one because Jermaine Johnson is still on the board, and I love. Jermaine Johnson, and the element that he could bring to this pass rush. I'm still taking Chris Olave. All right. So Drew picked Nicobe Dean. Tyler picked Chris Olave.
0: Ruby, who are you going to pick?
2: I would take Olave, too. I would love to see that. Randy Moss, Jake Greed, Chris Carter. Bring it back. Yeah.
0: Three deep. All right. And I would pick Olave, too. So what we're going to do,
2: we're going to go down here and pick Chris Olave.
0: Boom. And there we go. So, and at 13, the Houston Texans pick. We don't care. Because the Vikings have made their selection. Zero to 100% chance of the Vikings staying at 12 and drafting
3: Chris Olave. I love, love, love the idea of drafting Chris Olave at 12. I don't know if it'll happen. I have no idea how this receiver class is going to go. I see a scenario where they're gone before 20. I also see a scenario where there's two or three of them available in the 20s. Who knows with this wide receiver group? It's going to be an interesting, night. Can I share a couple prizes that we're going to have on? Sure. Carl Eller just sent me this.
1: A brand new number 41 of 500, the Moose Bobblehead. Oh, cool. This just showed up today. Thank you, Carl. We got this shirt that was donated by Chris Gates. Fantastic Viking shirt, buttoned up, has all the legendary players on it. From Jason Feinhog.
0: It's a cool jacket, man.
1: Genuine leather Minnesota Vikings jacket. This will be given away as one of the prizes.
0: So Thursday and Friday... Join us for the, uh, our live draft show. We'll cover the first three rounds. We got those prizes. We got more. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're going to wrap the show up, and we're going to get to some trivia. So see you on the flip side.
3: Set the building on fire. Yeah, I, I believe you have my stapler. Mm. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> that, okay, that's the last row. Told me to talk to Mr. Lumberg and I, I still haven't received my face and he took my stapler. I asked for my tie and they brought me a pina colada. And I said no salt. No salt for the margarita, but it had salt on it. A big grains it. Of salt on the end of again. I won't be leaving a tip. Because I could I
1: could shut this whole resort down.
3: I could write a letter. We so your afforded tourism and I could have this place condemned. I could put stryctine in the guacamole. There was salt on the glass. Big
2: grains of salt. Welcome to Tootsie's Trivia, how are you guys doing?
0: Good. Good Tootsie's, how are you? Hey Tootsie's.
2: Okay, so today we are going to do Drew and Ted versus Tyler, and all of the questions will be related in some way to the NFL draft. Are you guys ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, whoever shouts out the answer first is the winner. For 100, in what year was the first NFL draft held? 1933. What? Okay. You're close. 1935. 32. Tyler, what did you say? 36. Tyler got it. Wow. Check yeah. out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for 200. Which college has produced the most draft picks in NFL history?
1: Alabama. Alabama.
2: Uh, not according to what I found.
1: Ohio State. USC. I'm going to say Nebraska. Texas. Nope.
0: Notre
2: Dame. Notre Dame. Ted.
1: Oh, well, I got it. I, I got the first three answers
0: wrong, so does that count or not? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we never do anything traditionally, so yeah, you you can have those points. All right. For 300, how many quarterbacks were drafted before Dan Marino? Six, in 83. Five. Five. Damn it. Tyler got oh, it. There
0: were six total. Damn it. Good job, Tyler.
2: All right. 300 for Tyler. For 400, for the 20 years from 80 to 2000, what team Cincinnati. Had the most number one overall picks? No. Browns. No. The Jets. No.
3: The Colts.
2: Yeah. Yes, Tyler got that one too. Nice. Tyler. All right, Tyler's up 800 to 200. Next category. This is a little bit more modern. For 100, the Raiders passed on Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas. Marcus
3: Russell. (laughs) Yes.
1: Ted, Ted, we're about to get, he's about to lay down the sugar Ray Leonard on us. I'll just check out right
2: now. (laughs) (laughs) all right for 200 who's the most recent first overall pick to win rookie of the year Peyton Manning no Dalvin Cook Joe Burrow nope Andrew Luck nope more recent the guy
3: who beat out Justin Jefferson no Aker Mayfield
2: close it's a quarterback
3: Kyler Murray wasn't first overall. Trevor Lawrence? Kyler Murray. Ted! It was Kyler. Ted, was Ted,
2: Kyler. Ted, Ted, Ted. Who the hell spelled Kuyper?
3: <laughs>
2: okay, for 300, who's the most recent first overall pick to win the Heisman?
3: Kyler Murray. No, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's correct. Good job. There, there was a streak of three straight number one overall picks won the Heisman. Baker, Kyler, and Joe Burrow.
1: I wanted some of these from the 60s and 70s. This is pretty tilted towards <laughs> modern-day football. I'd be smoking if it was back then.
3: Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I I used to read football books when I was six years old because I didn't have friends. So bring it on.
2: <laughs> I did that too, dude. Also, I'm uh, giving this recent stuff to Drew and Ted because their memories are getting bad because they're getting old.
1: <laughs> fair. Fair. That is fair.
2: For 400, name the last number one pick to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Peyton Manning.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Peyton yes.
3: Manning. Yes. Nope. Really? Wait, are, are you talking in general or as a starting quarterback?
2: This is a starting quarterback. And it didn't have to be the year that they were drafted.
3: Matt
0: Stafford.
2: Yes. There Matt you go. Matt Stafford.
0: Good job, Drew.
2: All right. With two brains against one, the score is 1,200 to 500. Last category. (laughs) Sorry. Name the last offensive lineman number one pick. Jake Long? No. Joe Thomas.
1: Yeah, I was
0: going
2: to say Joe Thomas. Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher is the correct answer. All right, for 200. The Browns have had the most number one picks since 99. Can you name all four of them? I'll give you 200 points for each correct answer. Tim Couch, Baker Mayfield. Courtney Brown. Ted got two of them. Tyler got one. There's one left. Miles Garrett. All right. 1,700 and 900. For 300, name the last wide receiver. Number Johnson. One pick. Yes. Jesus wow. Christ.
1: This is a beatdown. This is an absolute 100% beatdown. All
2: right. Well, you guys can't catch up, but here we go anyway for 400. Name last year's Mr. Irrelevant.
1: Ooh. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah,
3: I don't know this one.
1: Just finishes off Larry Holmes. Sign text cop. <laughs>
3: Well, I I can tell you who the third to last pick was. That was Kylan Hill. That's good enough. That's good enough. Give give it to him. Good
2: God, give it to him. All right. The answer was Grant Stewart. Of course. Grant Stewart. Yeah, of course. course. All right. Thank you guys for playing. We'll see you guys next week. Tyler, thanks so much for coming on.
0: Appreciate you spending an evening with us and, and sharing your insights on the draft. You're going to be on the CTP on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, or what's your schedule for the draft?
3: As of right now, I'm going to be on all three days for Climbing the Pocket. You can find us on the Climbing the Pocket YouTube channel. I probably am doing the whole show like I did last year. I know I have to dip out for a Twitter spaces on late Friday night for NBC Sports Edge. But yeah, we're, we're going to go wall to wall. We're going to have fun.
1: You're not going to jump over with us on Friday for five or ten minutes and say hello to the lower class sports shows? <laughs>
3: I'm sure I could come over and kick your ass in some trivia again. do it. Damn. You're welcome.
1: All right. 29th. I'll pour out three fingers of some Crown Royal and I'll be waiting for you, brother.
3: That's the only way you guys will be able to see him since you all
0: be watching our show. We'll be on Thursday and Friday. We will not be on Saturday, but we'll be on the first two nights. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, Tyler, for coming on. You really gave us a Thank lot you, of great Tyler. information tonight, both at corner safeties and just overall draft stuff. Really appreciate it. We will see you folks on Thursday and Friday. We'll try to do better the next time. Truester, for the love of God, take us home.
1: (laughs) Tyler, thanks for kicking our ass. Give me a little bit more Milton before we leave. One little Milton one. Go
3: go ahead. Yeah, um, Yes, uh, uh, I asked for no salt. No salt (laughs) in the margarita, but there was salt on it. Uh, I I can burn this place to the ground. I've done it before.
1: The one question I had to ask, I have to ask everybody that comes on our show, what's your go-to band?
3: My favorite band, Changes, based on time right now, it's Blink-182. If I had to pick one album that I could listen to for the rest of my life, it would be the album Six by All That Remains. Okay. It's the fall of ideals. The fall of ideals.
1: Try to come back on when we do our live draft show. I know you're going to be busy with other shows. If you can, you can shoot over with us. We will be on live in five days. We'll be on two straight live. Hope to see everybody there. Episode 61 is now in the books. Ted, thank you for the great hosting job. Tyler man thank you so much for being on our show
3: my pleasure i appreciate you guys having me and hopefully i brought enough flair to make sure the boss <laughs> you did you did say good night ted good night ted
1: you take care of yourself all if right. i don't see you all right you too man take care of you, bud all right. all right hey peter
2: yeah
0: watch out for your cornhole bud